Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Roots 1977 and 2016 versions. Discussing Roots 1977 Episode 2, creatively titled Part 2. Jesus, goddamn this episode. This is a hard one, to say the least. It it really, really is. I mean, they're all hard to varying degrees, but like this. This is hard to watch even by Roots standards, so. Fair warning, I'm probably going to get flustered a lot when talking about certain things. Just uh warning in advance, this might not be the most coherent discussion because, like, I just... It blindsides me every time and breaks my freaking heart, that ending in particular. We'll talk about that later on. Holy shit. So, this episode picks up. Right where the last one left off, uh, Kunta's still on the ship. He and the wrestler are planning a revolt, planning an uprising on the Lord Ligonier. Which, spoiler alert, goes very poorly. Uh, It fails almost immediately. Like, they talk, they plan, they coordinate, they learn each other's language. Everyone in the slave quarters... Uh, they're all buddy-buddy now, they're all one tribe, uh, the next time they go above decks, they're doing the little dance, they're doing the whole Wayo 2 deal. Uh, a couple of the women, including Fanta, just run around like mad, one of them just dives into the water, and then... All hell breaks loose, and they go for the key, they start freeing one another, uh, they start fighting, they start killing white dudes left and right, deservedly so, and some, some people get shot, but for the most part, they're actually doing fairly well, they're actually taking, uh, these white men fairly easily, uh, they're actually... For a brief shining moment, it looks like maybe they'll take this ship. And maybe they'll escape. Maybe they'll be free. And then a freaking cannon goes off. And a lot of this revolution just lies dead on the ground, including the wrestler. 
and everyone's just wiped out immediately. And now they all go back into the slave quarters, back below decks, back packed in like sardines, right where they started, and they move on to America, where they, where they are then successfully sold off. Now, I do want to mention this. Uh, before we get off of the ship, before we leave that forever, uh, the captain, who I talked about in the first episode, just uh, taking this dance of, la 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 la, can't hear you, la 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 la, I'm a good person, other people are doing this, I'm taking no part, I'm just captain of the ship of that that is taking these slaves, la 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 la, and just sort of turning a blind eye, even though he's visibly uncomfortable, which... Still makes him kind of a terrible person. Uh, This dude is contracting a bit of an illness. Uh, He gets sick just before the revolt. Oh, by the way, in this revolt, Slater dies as well. Which is also very satisfying, because that dude was a dick. Had to mention that. Couldn't let that go by without mentioning that uh, Slater got stabbed and it was really, really satisfying to see. Uh, because, again, he is a dick. That is putting it so mildly. Uh, the proper term, I think, would be something along the lines of pure evil motherfucker. But, you know, for the purposes of <laughs> simplification, I'll just go with dick. But anyway, Captain gets sick. In fact, the last time we see him, when he gets to America, he's still sick, and he still looks like crap, and he's basically just like a walking ghost at this point. He looks horrible. Now... Remember, this is a Christian man, as he so often says. I'm a Christian man. I run a Christian ship. Blah. If we want to get into a spiritual argument, there's a bit of, like, poetry here to him getting sick at the tail end of this voyage. Because it's almost like... It's almost like he tainted his soul. On this voyage. And he's feeling the effects of that. It's almost as if like. He was good before. Then he did this. He is now. He has erased all the good he may or may not have done in his life. He is now. Like just as evil. Like in my in my mind he's no better than Slater. Quite honestly. Like yes he didn't partake directly. In the horrible treatment of these human beings. But he let it happen. Which is almost as bad if not worse. Quite honestly. But it's almost like he tainted his soul. And he's feeling like physical effects from that. Like there's a level of poetry in that character. Poetic justice if you will. Uh, That's actually kind of beautifully handled. And I'm not sure if they were intentionally going that route or if they just wanted classic comeuppance. But either way, 
it is oddly satisfying to see this man who objectively became a terrible person over the course of these couple episodes just get exactly what's coming to him in this illness. And then we never see him again throughout the rest of the series. Personally, I hope he dropped dead before his next voyage. Because let's be honest, he deserves it. But anyway, we get this auction. Uh, the, the slaves, these human beings, they're cleaned off. They have their wounds treated. Not because of any uh, humanizing deal, but because they have to look nice. Uh, the merchandise has to look in prime condition for the auction. Again, these are human beings. Jesus Christ. This actually... This actually was a thing in history. America! Land of the free! (sighs) Also, there's this really, really great scene between Kunta and Fanta. Where Fanta's looking up the moon... Looking up at the moon and thinking, like, do you think that's the same moon? Do you think they're seeing the same moon back home? Because, again, like, Africa didn't have, like, the explorers of Europe. Like, they just had their culture, their villages, their tribe, and that's it. Uh, They were a lot more isolationist back in these days than Europe. So they don't know. As far as they know, they're on another goddamn planet. And Coach is like, no, I don't think... I don't think it's the same moon. Everything's different here. Uh, The people, the food. Why should the moon be the same? Uh, But it's this really, really great moment. And then uh, Fanta goes on and is like, I can't bear the thought of... uh, my family looking up at the moon, uh, at the same moon as me, and not being with me, not knowing what happened to me. Like, it's this really, really incredible scene. Uh, and I absolutely love it. Uh, but then the auction itself happens. Both Fanta and Kunta are poked and prodded and inspected, quote-unquote, like a freaking antique vase. And they're just auctioned off. And they're sold to the highest bidder. Uh, Fanta to one master, Kunta to another. Uh, So they are fully separated now. They do not know where each other are. And now we follow Kunta Kinte, who is now renamed Toby. Uh, We'll get into that more later. Uh, We now follow Kunta Kinte. Uh, at his new plantation. Under his new master. And uh, we also meet Fiddler. Who I think is one of the best characters in this entire show. Uh, he is very... He's just incredibly well written. And he is so compelling. And his arc, just in this episode alone, is really 
really well done and nuanced and brilliant. Because we meet Fiddler. And he starts out very... Not comfortable, but complacent. Like, he's very much... He's almost used to being a slave. Like, he doesn't really know anything else. Like, he is a veteran of this. He's been on that plantation for frickin' ever. So, he... Being a slave is all he knows. Being a slave is really the only life he's ever been a part of. Like, he's been a slave for so long that he doesn't know anything else. And all he really cares about is his place in the hierarchy of that plantation. Uh, We meet him, and all he cares about is, I got good standing with Master Reynolds. Uh, I I, I got in good with him. Uh, I have, like, fine living, as he puts it. Uh, I can live nicely. I can live almost the life of a human being. Uh, so I want to protect that. I want to protect that. I have a good life. As a slave who is someone else's property and therefore doesn't have a life of their own. I have a good, a good life. There's totally nothing wrong with my life. At all. And we get a uh, fiddler paired with Kunta. Fiddler is tasked with uh, teaching Kunta, integrating him into the plantation, uh, teaching him English, teaching him how to work, uh, all that slave stuff. And we get this under terrible circumstances, kind of charming dynamic? Charming, I guess, isn't the right word for it, but you know what I mean. Like, Kunta and Fiddler, as characters, they have a nice dynamic between the two of them. Like, I like seeing Kunta and Fiddler together. Some of my favorite scenes of all of Roots feature Kunta and Fiddler on screen together, helping each other grow and sort of developing this bond. And so you see Fiddler try to teach Kunta all he needs to know. Uh, Kunta learns English fairly fast, actually. Like, he's talking, quote-unquote, proper English in, like, four months. Which, hell, hell of a lot better than I've ever been able to learn a second language. (laughs) So, I guess there's that. And all the while, Kunta's looking for a way out. All the while, Kunta is looking for a way to escape this life, to be free. Uh, And he engages in these little acts of defiance throughout the entire time. Uh, not working as hard as he quote-unquote should, as hard as is expected of him. Uh, not eating everything he's given. Uh, calling Fiddler a dummy, which was oddly satisfying. 
Like, in this very, very dark show, there was, like, that one moment of levity where Kunta calls Fiddler a dummy that is just so precious. Like, he's just engaging in these little acts of rebellion. Uh, trying to figure out where Fanta is. Uh, at one point, Reynolds has uh, the guy who took Fanta, the guy who Fanta was sold to. Uh, at one point, uh, he's at the plantation. And he's like, wait, uh, that's the guy who Fanta was sold to. Where is he? Where does he live? And you get a lot of that. You get a lot of Kunta doing little acts of rebellion, getting a feel for what this is, while also, like, looking for a way out. By the way, there's also this one scene where Kunta essentially watches a slave girl just get offered up to be raped. Which, oh my god. I'd say nothing makes my heart hurt more. But then again, this ending that we're going to talk about in a few minutes is very much a thing. So there's that. So, Kuta eventually... Finds a blade. And he spends... Quite a while. <laughs> like, a few weeks, I think, was the timeline on this. Uh, sawing away at his chains. Sawing away at his chains. Sawing away at his chains. Until eventually they break. Fiddler sees his chains broken and is like... Oh, shit. Like, at first, he's angry. And slaps Kunta and is like, didn't you ever think of me? Like, I'm responsible for you. Like, you know what's going to happen when they realize you broke your chains to me? Like, I, I'm going to be, like, less than nothing. I'm going to sleep on the ground. Like, I'm going to have, like, a mud bed. And I'm just going to be thrown to the dogs. Like, I'm, I'm finished here. You just finished me. But then Fiddler, in this, I would call it strategic kindness, just gathers up Kunte's stuff and is like, okay, you need to go now. You need to go right now. Like, you can't stay here anymore. If they see your chains broken, you are screwed. You are, you're as done as me, if not more so. Uh, you will be beaten senseless, and you will just have a generally bad time. Uh, if you leave now, you have a chance. If you leave now, right now, maybe you can escape. Maybe you can be free. Maybe you can have a life beyond this. But you have to go right now. So Kunta leaves. He runs. He gets the hell away. And again, for a brief, shining moment, you think maybe, maybe he'll get away. Maybe he can be free. Maybe he can have a life. Uh, maybe not get back to Africa flat out, but he can have 
something resembling humanity. And then time passes. And the dogs find him. And he's taken back to the plantation. And then we get our devastating, devastating ending. Which is one of the greatest and most heartbreaking scenes in television history. Literally, like, my heart just sunk just thinking about talking about it. So, Kunta's brought back. Immediately strung up. And whipped. He's whipped in the back over and over and over and over again without any sign of them stopping, without any sign of mercy, without any hint of an out. And they're yelling at him, say your name, say your name, say your name. He says his name. Kunta Kinte. Kunta Kinte. Kunta Kinte. But of course, that's not the answer they're looking for. Because the idea of him having a name of his own makes him, you know, human. And there's nothing slave owners hate more than thinking of their slaves as human. Uh, we got uh, we got a really aggravating sequence earlier where freaking uh, one of the Reynolds girls was it a wife or a daughter? I can't remember. Uh, but one of them was like, "So, so slaves are inferior to us, and they're incapable of learning basic concepts." So what's the danger in teaching them? If they can learn to read, then clearly they have a capacity for learning. And like literally all the men around her just stare at her and are like, No. No. Like they just like, they hear a solid argument for maybe they're not just base level savages and <laughs> and they just much like the captain are like la 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 can't hear you la 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 like you had that earlier so they keep went whipping kunta again and again and again while this entire population of slaves are forced to watch in horror just praying for him to receive some ounce of mercy. Fiddler especially. And eventually, even though he, he displayed an admirable amount of resistance, eventually... He had to give in. And he said, 
the next time they asked, what's your name? He said, Toby. Solidifying his place as a slave. He's cut down. He is left on the ground. On his back, which has been whipped to hell. Just mauled, essentially. With this freaking whip. His back is freaking Swiss cheese at this point. And then Fiddler runs up to him, gives him water, holds him up, and says, don't pay any attention to what that white man calls you. You know who you are. You're Kunta Kinte. That's how, that's who you'll always be. There'll be another day. And then the episode ends there. It took this kid who Fiddler spent time with for six months. It took this kid that Fiddler took special interest in. Getting whipped mercilessly. Receiving the worst punishment that can be thought of in this era. For Fiddler to see, nothing's good here. Nothing's normal here. For Fiddler to be reminded that this is not a place for advancement. As he thought. This is not a place to integrate. This is not a place. To have. Any kind of life. It took Kunta getting whipped. So mercilessly. And being stripped of his name. In real time. For Fiddler to be reminded of that. But he was. And he's honestly better for it. Because, yeah, he doesn't have the fine living that he had before. That's done. Reynolds said as much. But at least now, he knows what this is. At least now, he's aware of at least now he's aware of his place in the world, which is nothing. And he knows that this is something that needs to be combated and not thrived under. He understands now more than he did before. That he is someone's property. Not his friend, but their property. Not their friend, but their property. 
And he understands how atrocious this is. And he understands that... That humanity... That fragile humanity... Is something that should be preserved. Not snuffed out by white masters. White owners. Kunta Kinte didn't succeed in freeing himself from slavery. But he did free Fiddler from his own ignorance. And that has to count for something. These these little acts of defiance that Kunta engages in throughout this entire episode, they have to amount to something worthwhile in this horrifying, horrifying era of slavery in America. Because otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, he is what they say. He is a blank slate. He is just a mindless drone. He is a savage who needs to be tamed and needs to be put to work. If not for those little acts of defiance, he has no humanity left. And his humanity is all he has. Because let's be honest, he's not getting anything else anytime soon. It's a harsh reality, but it is the reality of that era. And it's fucking devastating. So I'm going to go have a good cry now. (laughs) Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Roots 1977 Episode 3. Talk to you then.